Hey there, it's Deanne Gilbert. I've been in corporate diversity for over 15 years. And considering what's been going on in our world in many cities and states, there's an awakening going on around systemic racism, equality, and inclusion. I believe it's time to have a courageous conversation. And I think you can handle it. Join me and my co-host, Edward Simon, at the Diversity Intersection. We will certainly provide you some direction. See you there. Ed, we are back. We are back. Absolutely. Yes, we were off for a summer a little bit. Yeah, take a little break. Yes, but we are back and we are so excited. We have a great season lineup and some wonderful guests who are going to be joining us. Absolutely. Yes. So, Ed, why don't you kick us off? Sounds good. Sounds good. Our first guest in our first series is Blacks in Hollywood series uh, featuring Kevin Grievous. Uh, Kevin is a screenwriter, producer, actor, and a graphic novel creator who has 20 years of experience in the film industry. After graduating from uh, Howard University, my uh, Dawn's (laughs) alma mater there, with a degree in microbiology, Grievous came to Hollywood where he acted in several films, and I know our audience will be familiar with these, including Alienation, The Mask, Congo, Batman Forever and Tim Burton's Planet of the Hollywood. Uh, I'm sorry, Planet of the Apes. I'll get this right. Yeah, it's um, uh, uh, the Hulk and Men in Black Two. Kevin also created and wrote the original screenplay to successfully the successful Underworld series, which he was first produced writing his first produced writing credit. Uh, Grievous was just completed production of his latest film from a screenwriting screenplay he wrote, I Frankenstein, produced by Lakeshore Entertainment, and it was based on his graphic original graphic novel. He has worked with both Marvel and DC Comics, having written such characters as Spider-Man, Blade, Iron Man, Batman, Superman, and The Phantom, and critically acclaimed Adam, Legend of the Blue Marvel for Marvel, which he created. So yeah. we are so excited to have Kevin with us today. We are. And Welcome, did, Kevin. What he didn't put in those notes okay. is that he was in um, Remember the Time video that Michael Jackson No way. <laughs> yes, Seriously, Yes, Kevin? yes. Nice. Yeah, he was. It's not on his notes. Okay, but he I'm going to have to go back and look at that now, Kevin. <laughs> You're in trouble now. Absolutely. But, Kevin, it's certainly great to have you on the show. Welcome. Well, thank you. Good to be here. Absolutely. Quite a bit of accolades there. And we have uh, several questions we want to ask you and have a conversation, certainly, about your career. So my first, our first question is, when did you decide that you wanted to be part of Hollywood? Hmm. You know, I think the, um, I think the impetus was Spike Lee, she's got to have it. Because I was on a different career trajectory completely, as Dawn probably remembers. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you know, um, she's got to have it. Came out in '86, and I was just blown away. Um, not necessarily by the film itself, but the genesis of the film. Yes, and you know how you had this young brother who. Um, you know, use this, use credit cards to make this film. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what's kind of sad is that I didn't even know brothers did stuff like that, Mm. you know, which shows you how myopic we were at the time. Mm -hmm. Because at Howard at the time, there were, I I knew no film majors, none. And it did have a film department. It did. But I did not know anyone. Uh, None of my friends wanted to be filmmakers. It wasn't even a thing. Mm. 
Mm. And in one, two, maybe three short years, the film department, you know, grew. And now you had a litany of people Mm -hmm. uh, wanting to be filmmakers, all because of what Spike Lee did. And so uh, I was not immune to that. Mm. And I got bitten by that bug. But like I said, I was about to graduate. So (laughs) when I went into grad school to take uh, courses in, uh, because I was on a genetic engineering curriculum, Mm -hmm. I decided to take a couple of television and film courses. And I decided, depending upon how how well I like it, will determine whether or not I continue on in genetics because mm-hmm. I was also working at uh, NIH at the time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or I would go into the film industry the best way I could, you know. Yeah. And at the end of the semester, I was like, oh, forget it. Right. <laughs> you know, right. you know, <laughs> you know I, I, quit, I quit grad school and just decided to devote my efforts to learning the craft of writing and creating, not knowing who to turn to or who to talk to and just pick my way through. And, you know, that's wow. how things started off. That's fantastic. Wow. Th- that is like amazing. You know, you, you followed your dream. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Uh, and it's unbelievable what you've done with it. Right. You know, a late dream. Right. You know, <laughs> but, yeah. but look how successful you've been in it. Right. I exactly. mean, that's just amazing. Well, I've been able to do a little bit. Oh, you know, whatever, oh, yeah. whatever. I'm not, I'm not no illusion. I, I have put the world on fire now. You know. Yeah, with the, some of the movies you've been in. You it's, have it's done pretty, a lot. Exactly. You are a model for for students who think that they want to get involved in film and what they can do. You have made it what you wanted it. Right. And with this being the yeah, diversity, yeah. Yeah, intersection, all I mean, inclusive of all students, but in particular for him, us, minorities. Students of right? color, yes. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that, you knew that, you know, this is something that you wanted to try. How did you start your career? Uh, you know what? Um, I wrote a couple of screenplays when I was still in D.C. And, you know, I've always been a comic book fan, you know, since I was 12. But, you know, I wrote a couple of, uh, you know, stories. Oh, I should say pitches for Marvel back in like 87. But of course, I got promptly rejected. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I wrote a couple of screenplays. And of course, um, what was I going to do with them? Right. You know, being in D.C., you know, so um, I just made the determination. Mm-hmm. It's time to save some money mm-hmm. and uh, move out there and just try my hand at it and see what happens. You know, and when you don't know anyone, you don't know who to talk to, where to go. Um, you can say you're a writer. But um, the truth of the matter is, everyone has a script. Okay. So, you know, you're just another schmo, mm-hmm. you know, out there, you know, mm-hmm. with dirty typing paper trying to peddle it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. And, you know, one of the things I think I did, which was, I don't know if I want to necessarily call it foolish, but it was something that I don't necessarily recommend to anyone. Like, I wouldn't want my children to do it. Okay. I I did not have a backup plan. I was thinking about implementing one, uh, meaning that I would go back into the sciences mm-hmm. and just write on the side and let the chips fall where they may. The problem with that, though, uh, was twofold. Number one, I was in the middle of an interview and uh, the woman showed me where I would be working and I was going on the tour and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Because if I if I continue on this trajectory, I'll never get out. Exactly. 
I'm, I'm, I'll never get out. And, you know, you're going to have to take a chance at some point. Absolutely. And so uh, I decided to do extra work to pay the bills. And at least what that did is it kept me in the environment. Right. Not the actual game. Right. But the environment of film and television. And one of the things I was able to ascertain is that if you're smart, well, not if you're smart, but if you listen Mm -hmm. and you're observant, doing extra work becomes the best free film school that you can ever attend. Okay. Okay. Because you're there with you know, actors, right. directors, and you see the business as well as the craft of filmmaking. And you can pick your way through by asking questions. And there are people willing to listen to you when you ask, as long as you're, you know, you stay out of people's way right. and you pick your spots, you can use that to your advantage. So Kevin, and, you know, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess for me, and you know, obviously not being in Hollywood, <laughs> I mean, how did you know who to write, who to, you know, who to reach out to with your, your writing and your, your screenplays? How did you know? Well, I think what I think I I did not, you know, and that's the point, you know, what, what wound up happening, like it took me quite a while Mm -hmm. to sell my first uh, piece of work. Uh, I would say it was 10 years, um, that, you know, there, thereabouts, um, and, you know, the reason is, I mean, I have had agents before, but they were acting agents. You know, I got more, you know, accolades on the acting side than I did the writing side. But like I said, uh, you know, they, they kind of look at you differently. I mean, here I am, you know, this big black guy, <laughs> you know, with a heavy voice and they're like, well, you know, I really want to be a writer and I love science fiction. <laughs> well, they, yeah, they're not really looking at us right. as, as, cre- as people who can write the science fiction they expect hood movies for us from us mm-hmm. or you know movies about slavery or the civil rights movement that's right right that's right. and and that was not my forte mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i grew up on fantasy science fiction mm-hmm. uh comic books uh action adventure and horror mm-hmm. that's what i liked right and so that's what i was determined to do and there weren't many of us who were doing any of that so naturally you know, the people who are, are the gatekeepers, if you want to call them, mm-hmm. they don't regard us in that fashion. So, right. um, well, now right. things are really changing. Things right. are really changing I, now. I would agree, which really leads me to my next question for you, Kevin. What is your opinion on the growth of opportunities for minorities in Hollywood over the last few years? Uh, on one hand, I think it's great. On the other hand, is it going to last? Yep, there you go. Because that's it, that's it, it seems trendy. It's not like we just got here Hello. Right. yesterday. <laughs> exactly, right. You know, if you look at people like Octavia Butler, Samuel yes. R. Delaney, yes. they've been in the speculative fiction game for decades. Mm-hmm. And now people are just now starting to notice them. Mm-hmm. But we've been here. The thing is, Hollywood, like a lot of different institutions, they look at us or this thing about inclusion or what have you, mm-hmm. diversity, as as a trend that can be dismissed after we, you know, cherry pick a couple of people that we want to represent exactly. that particular faction. Tell it, brother. And right. then what they do is they abandon it. Mm-hmm. 
And it's, it should not be like that. We should be part of the equation regardless. Absolutely. You know, now sometimes it's, sometimes it's difficult, you know, um, you know, I, I will tell you, I, I, I wouldn't say that we should be, or we have to be in everything. For instance, you look at the show friends, Mm -hmm. uh, they have what 15 writers on staff there Mm -hmm. and not one black. Well, you know, fine. I mean, I really don't care. I mean, it's a show about, you know, white, uh, friends who live in New York. They might not have any black friends, but that's not the story they want to tell. You know, I get it. Mm -hmm. But then you have a show like black lightning. Yes. You have 15 writers on staff. Mm -hmm. It's about a black superhero. Yes. And you have two brothers. Right. Right. And 13 white guys. Mm -hmm. And it's like, right. Really? Right. We're missing. I mean, you know, and and you wonder what is that? And that's not to say those people are racist. No. No. You know, what it is is they just don't think about us in those regards. And it is a very incestuous industry. So you hire who you know. That's right. That's right. You know, and and so my thing has always been rather than beg, you know, white men or the establishment or whatever Mm -hmm. for jobs to be part of their thing, let's create our own consortiums Mm -hmm. in our own crucibles of creativity as well as other businesses. And we can be an entity, a community unto ourselves. That's exactly, exactly. You know? that's ex- and, and that's what I and that's what I like the most. Um, one of the things I had a conversation um, with a friend of mine um, who was working with, uh, I think it was Harvard, mm-hmm. and um, they were talking about you know Bill Gates and the Bill Gates and Melinda Foundation, Melissa uh, Gates Foundation were talking about um, doing something for the black community. Mm-hmm. because there was an issue with why is it that there's so many inner city kids either want to be rappers or or athletes, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And clearly not everyone can do that. That's right. So, so what are we going to do about getting them involved in other careers and entrepreneurial ships? And right. what that led to was a conversation about what does a community need in terms of businesses in order to be a viable community. Right. And uh, this one this one black woman, you know, had this, uh, I think this poignant stat that was kind of chilling if you ask me. And she said, she asked the question, how many, uh, how many days um, does the dollar circulate in, or a dollar circulate in the Korean community? Okay. Or the Asian community? Mm-hmm. And the answer was 21 days. Right. How much does a dollar circulate in Jewish communities? Mm-hmm. The answer was 19 days. Mm-hmm. Then she got to us. Mm-hmm. How many days does the dollar circulate in our community? You know what she said? What? Six hours. Oh, my goodness. What? Um, Six hours. Wow. That's scary. Because there is no place for us to spend our money. That's exactly with right. With black businesses. People. Right, exactly. 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 And if you think about it, the businesses that blacks are in, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, in our communities tend to be like, 
daycare centers, nail salons, hair right? salons, liquor stores, liquor store, right. beauty shops, yes. yeah, barbers, barbecue, barbecue. I, I, yeah. I was like, I'm going to put the church in there. Right? Yes. Right. You know, maybe a daycare center. Right. But you, you're not talking about a variety. That's right. Or a litany of different kinds of various kinds of businesses. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's so right. if we had those right. and we stopped going to others and we say, you know what, we're going to build up this community. Right. And that's also, and, you know, yeah, yeah. And that's also yeah, why, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's also why I think companies need to start recognizing that black folks, you know, minorities, people of color are their customers. Exactly. Right? I mean, you yeah. think about the water companies, you think about the, uh, the gas company, electric companies, what are they doing to invest in the communities? We drink water. We use electricity. We yes. use gas. What are you doing to help us in our in our communities as well? Very good point. Yeah, but I think also too, I think we need to take lessons from, you know, maybe our elders mm. in terms of the way we used to do things. Right. And like I remember when we were kids and we would go uh, to Chicago to visit my grandparents. You know, um, where they live, nothing but black businesses. Exactly, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Nothing but black businesses. Well, yeah. what happened? And I, I do understand that, you know, entrepreneurship is something that Americans, period, regardless of what background, you know, they don't necessarily teach their children. You know, in schools, it's not encouraged. What's encouraged is to work for someone. Right. Exactly. So not necessarily start, start your, your own. own business, Entrepreneurship. Right. Exactly. 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 You know, we don't have that. It's always about getting a job, not starting a business. That's right. And I think if we started using our resources towards that and we didn't have a an elitist attitude yes. towards what kind of business, right. we would be more diverse naturally and wouldn't have to go outside of ourselves mm-hmm. in order to have to be included. You know, we would already do these things. Absolutely. Like there have been many an attempt in in history, a cinematic history. Yes. For there to be a black studio. Oh yeah, Oscar Oscar Michelle. Exactly. 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 That's right. It's always fallen Mm -hmm. under the weight Mm -hmm. of you know our own idiosyncrasies. Right. Well, I know that. You know, we have you know. Tyler Perry has the, all those studios that Absolutely. he set up in Georgia, which is wonderful, but they can't just be one. Right. So like you're exactly. saying, there have to be many. And I know that um, Chris Robinson just started a studio as well. So, and um, uh, Evans. And understand, and yes. understand, and, you know, it is easy to start a, a studio or, or a production company. Right. But, but then what you need is you need constant financing. Absolutely. And you need constant distribution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you need the concomitant, right. you know, sales agents mm-hmm. to help with all of that. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. And if you don't have it, well, then. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to work. Really yeah, it's not going to yeah, be sustainable. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's not going to work. Exactly. So, you know, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, Kevin, your career has spanned over 30 years, even though you're only 39, right? So. <laughs> oh, you funny. I know. <laughs> I mean, between film, TV, video games, graphic novels, you've done, I mean, you have been a cottage industry. You've done yeah. so many different things. 
um, work on the Naked Gun. You know, I, I mentioned the Michael Jackson video because right. I, I Which remember. I have to go back and look at <laughs> it. Yeah. Again. Yeah. <laughs> because I remember, you know, like we, we were friends in college and I remember watching that video and I'm like, is that Kevin? <laughs> yes, that is him. Okay. You know, so I, I just have this question. I always wanted to ask you this. So this is my opportunity. And I'm yeah. sure it's really difficult to pinpoint, but yeah. what was one of your most memorable, like, what the, or one of the most memorable experiences you've so had? Far, so far. So far. So far. You still got yeah, another 50 right. years to go. Okay. I would say it, it had to be, it had to have been the creation of Underworld. Mm. You know, if you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, because that was the first thing I had produced. Mm-hmm. And to see something you've created come to life, and then you're a part of it, acting in it especially. I bet. Um, you know, it's kind of a heady experience, um, but it doesn't feel like people think it does. I will also tell you. Uh, one of the things that I've also learned, and I learned this early on, is that the fantasy is always better than the reality. Uh, of course, yes. Yeah, and so that's what keeps you sober, mm-hmm. you know, because you realize that, look, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. That's right. Absolutely. You know, and so you have to you have to keep that in mind. And so you don't necessarily feel an elation, but you are glad it's happening. And I think that, you know, uh, Underwear was unique because since I also wrote a part for myself. Yes. You know, uh, I got to see everything bloom from the beginning to the end. Whereas if I were just a writer, mm-hmm. um, basically what happens to writers uh, is that once you sell the script, they're like, we'll see you at the premiere. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, they take it over. They might have rewrites by another writer. Right. Um, you know, now, now I, I, I take a little bit of that back. You, they do screen the film for you when it's finished because of Writer Guild rules. Okay. So you go to the production company to put you in a room and they let you look at the film. Okay. And, you know, just ask your opinion. Not that it, not that it means anything at that point. Yeah. Yeah, then you're invited to the premiere and that's it. Oh, wow. wow. You know, and then it's on to the next project. Wow. But when you're also acting in it and you have something to do with production creatively, your involvement never stops. You know, and that's what I like. Right. Now, I have to ask a question. I, I know we asked for the most memorable experience that you yeah. had in Hollywood. Can you talk at all about maybe <laughs> one that was a horrific experience <laughs> oh, that you would say? In, 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 yeah. Ooh. He has to think about yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think, I think, you know, any creative job comes with its share of disappointment. Sure, sure. You know, and, and things are not going to be perfect. Um, I know that sometimes you might meet actors that, well, one of the things I've said, you don't know what, you don't want to meet your heroes because they have feet of clay too. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it can be a let down or a disappointment if you meet, you know, someone you've admired or something like that. Right. Um, there's also the projects that you thought were going to get done that didn't. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. So there, there, you know, there are a litany of things that I could probably speak to. Right. But as far as one that just, you know, stands out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be, you know, that, that, that would be hard. To okay. Say. No worries. No worries. I, I, okay. I will say that I was disappointed immensely with the way I Frankenstein turned out. 
because what I've been trying to do ever since I got in the industry was create, you know, that quintessential monster franchise. Okay. And that has escaped me because, you know, the producers that I've worked with never really understood it. Oh. Like, really, they didn't, even the director didn't understand Underworld when I pitched it to him mm-hmm. because it had never been done before. Okay. And okay. no one could see, you know, everyone's heard of vampires and, and werewolves, of course. But to have them in the same movie where they are representative of races mm-hmm. of these creatures was something that was foreign to them. Right. And their thing is like, is this going to work? You know, and I'm like, if we do it right. And um, with I Frankenstein, I tried to create, I tried to go further mm. and incorporate more creatures, you know, in this monster world. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the producers bought the script loved it and then proceeded to destroy it got it wow 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 and it's like and then when it didn't work then one of the producers pulled me aside mm-hmm. and took me out to lunch and said you're not going to believe this he said they were in a meeting after the numbers came back after i frankenstein opened at the box office and bombed and they said we should have listened to kevin See, but you know what? Yeah, it's a day late, a dollar short. I know, I know, I know, I know, know. absolutely. But that happens all the time, and it's happened to people much more talented than I. Absolutely, Absolutely. I know. But it, but like you said, it's a disappointment, and it's a learning. You know, it's a lesson for the the industry and for you. Right. Right. So. Yeah, you know, but we know you're going to do many other projects. Oh, absolutely. Lord willing. You will. You will. I I feel that you will. You know, one small disappointment means you're going to have an unbelievable, phenomenal success. That's right. That's right. So, Kevin, we cannot not talk about your voice. Absolutely. Your voice is iconic. (laughs) It is. Absolutely. It really is. It is. I would have to tell you, Kevin, when I heard your voice for the first time, through this podcast here, I thought, well, let me back up. Maybe I thought on the movies that you were in, I thought it had to be some sort (laughs) of device behind the voice. I had to say, right. It's just amazing. I just, it's awesome. You know, now now that's always struck me though, as weird. (laughs) Uh, I remember I was looking at the comments on one of these websites and someone admonished, another poster because he says, you know, dude, don't be an idiot. No one's voice is that heavy. <laughs> using some kind of computer enhancement. Right. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, are you out of your mind? You know, why would they do that? Right. right, right. <laughs> you know, right. I'm not a robot. Right. But, exactly. you know. right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Your voice, you said your voice changed. I remember you told me this years ago you were, when you were really young. And got really. Well, I mean, you know, at the, at the same. Well, look, you know, I mean, you know, I'm listening to my nephews now, and they're 13, and their voices are starting to change. Oh, oh yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. You can hear it, mm-hmm. and it's like. Um, but I think what happened is that you know, because I grew a little bit in college too, and my mother told me your voice got heavier. Oh wow! You know, after my my after first semester freshman year mm-hmm. it was the food and in the cafeteria i think that's what it was <laughs> <laughs> oh, please don't mention that cafeteria i know i know i know i know yeah yeah you see 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah, but, we can. You know. That'll be for another podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Kevin, um, another question for you. Can you tell us about Dark Storm Comics? A little bit. Yeah, that's basically my own comic book imprint okay. uh, through which I create my own comic book IPs. You know, to be turned into video games, television shows, oh, movies, wow. okay. video games and the like. Wow. And so, um, you know, I thought it was easier uh, because, you know, like I said, I like comic books. Mm-hmm. And there was some kind of, you know, the, you know, the coin of phrase intersectionality between comic books and different mediums yes. in the entertainment industry. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it's good if there is a source material. And so that's what it's for. You know, it's, it's all, it's all like a holding tank mm-hmm. for the things that I do. Okay. And, you know, I have my comics on comicology, right. you know, um, you know, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's worked out for me, mm-hmm. um, in terms of selling different IPs, mm-hmm. and even if they don't get made, right. but getting myself out there, sure. you know, because like one of the things, one of the things that I heard a long time ago, and it was kind of, you know, t- said tongue-in-cheekly, but then a script, you know, in essence, mm-hmm. is really a stack of dirty typing paper. Now, that's when people, you know, would print scripts, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, things like that. Now they're PDFs. Sure. But if you look at that, that's all it really is. And mm-hmm. it used to be that if you wrote a script and it didn't sell, mm-hmm. oh, it collected dust on the shelf. Right. But now you can turn that into a, a comic book where apropos, you know, oh, like I don't necessarily okay. advocate doing that with a romantic comedy. Or, why not? <laughs> why not? Yeah. Why not have a romantic comedy comic book? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. But I, I remember, you know, when I first started dating my wife, uh, we were watching this movie called, um, hot water for chocolate or something like that. Yes. And I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm going to split my wrist. <laughs> so I can't see, you know, that thing made it to, to a graphic novel or a comic book. You know you watched but, that for your wife, so she thought you were oh, yeah, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> but it's like, but, you know, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the movie uh, 30 Days of Night. No. no. Yeah, yeah. 30 Days of Night was the vampire movie that came out maybe 20 years ago. Okay. And it was a screenplay. Mm-hmm. And apparently everyone hated it. Mm-hmm. But a comic book company approached the writer and said, you know, maybe we should turn this into a comic book or a graphic novel. He was like, really? He was like, yeah, you know. They did. It was a resounding hit. Wow. Then all of a sudden Hollywood comes back. We would love to turn this into a movie. Mm. <laughs> and it's wow. like, you know, it's like, I already had the script, you know, and now everyone loved it. And so, you know, it's just a matter of getting past people's preconceived notions sure. of what comic books are, or genre is, right. you know. Right. But anyway, the, you know, the, the, the comic book company I have makes it easier for for more esoteric stories yes to be more digestible absolutely. digestible creatively right so, absolutely so do you work with other creators for, with the comic book as well or is it just your well work? well when it comes to art yeah i mean yes. I, I don't know if you've seen any of my drawings i have but, uh, <laughs> i'm not very good <laughs> i have yeah <laughs> yeah and you know i was uh i 
tried to learn when we were in school again. Mm-hmm. But the creative field was so far from me right. that, um, you know, I just did not see any way I could do it. You know, like the reason I got into science fiction or real science, I should say, yes, uh, was because of my love for science fiction. Gotcha. You know, so I kind of sublimated my, you know, you know, real desires into something that was actually actionable, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in real life. And it's just funny that I came, you know, back around to what I'd always loved. But, um, but so, you know, to answer your question further, yes, I work with other creators, like, you know, artists, okay. things like that. Wonderful. Um, and I'm starting to work with other writers. Oh, wonderful. Nice. So Yeah, can- yeah, you're starting to work with other writers. So, Kevin, you truly have, like, followed your bliss. You've Absolutely. done what you dreamt as, as a young man, and, you know, you continue to grow and, and develop in your career. And I just would ask you, what advice would you give to those aspiring to do even a portion of what you've done in your career? Um, well, <clears throat> I would first say that art is the linchpin to this whole creativity thing. Now, I, I, I guess I'm talking about my industry, mm-hmm. but and some of it is applicable to other industries or disciplines as well. Um, but in terms of art, I would say, especially if you're going into comics or film or whatever, is learn to draw and learn to draw well, because that's that's basically the the springboard from which all creative ideas, you know, really flow. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can create your own properties. You know, that's first and foremost. The other thing I would say is that don't be deterred. And you have to know what you want early on. Now, that's not to say that nothing's going to happen for you if you start later in life. That's not true. Right. But it does make it easier because you have more time to make your mistakes before you become an old man or an old woman or Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, because there is such a thing as ageism. Yes. Yes. You know, you know, it is real. Everyone talks about all the other isms. That's the that's a big one. Yes. But if you're self sufficient and you do your own thing and people like what you do, right. That's going to make it, you know, much easier, you know, for you. And so, you know, being able to draw things like that, it you know, it it allows you to be more self sufficient, which is what you need to really make it in the industry, or else you're relying right. on other people to give you jobs. Like if I had to wait <clears throat> For someone to give me a cool role like Ray's in Underworld, mm-hmm. it would never happen. Right. So I so I wrote it wrote apart for myself. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. 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 Absolutely. And that's what you have to do. Absolutely. Well, Kevin, that's what you have to do. I have to tell you, this has been so much fun, right, Ed? It's been awesome. I tell you, I'm excited. We have to do a part two with Kevin. Yes, we do. We have a we series do. with you, Kevin. <laughs> Yes, for sure. For sure. Well, we truly appreciate it. I I know that, you know, you understand that the reason that we do this podcast is that we feel like diversity and inclusion and intersectionality, they all come together. We all come together and we want to provide an understanding around some of the inequities Mm -hmm. that have happened in our society. And some of those folks who have been champions, although they have experienced inequities, they have been champions. Absolutely. And you and are successful. one of those. Yeah, and successful. Yes. I don't know about, I don't know about all that. You, you know? <laughs> You're well, being modest there. No, I, I, yeah. You have. So I just want to say thank you for joining us on this journey. 
Absolutely. And we'll see you at the intersection of diversity and inclusion. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much. You guys take care. You You too. too. Thanks Thanks so much. Thank you. Take care. Okay, goodbye. Bye now. Ed, that was a great, that was a great interview with Kevin. I think so too. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I can listen to his voice like all day, all day, but I'm serious. I mean, when I was looking at some of them, I thought it was some, you know, I'm, I'm horrible with technology and things like that, but I thought it was something behind that. I thought it was something that they were, you know, no, and he has done like a modifier of his, but it was no mod, no modification. Right. He has done so many shows. He's been on so many shows and he's written so much that he is a model for folks that really want to follow their bliss. Absolutely. Don't give up. As he said, do not be deterred. That's right. Have your own, make your own. That's right. Build your own future. Right. Exactly. It's how you overcome them. It is. It is how you overcome them. Absolutely.